Lower Decks is one of those episodes that everybody likes a lot more than me. Okay, because I really liked this. This is this is an episode that I had actually not seen, but I knew about. Okay. At least the basic premise of it, you know. Well, I think that, you know, as the show has gotten more experimental in form, I think, in the seventh season, because frankly, yeah. they're getting a little bored. Yeah. Uh, or they're running out of ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we saw them try something uh, very different last week with Sub Rosa to a uh, very bad uh, effect. Uh, and I think Lower Decks, um, I like it. I think it's a good episode. I think that it's an interesting take on, you know, the concept of the show yeah. about what this would look like to people that are not uh, in the upper echelons of the ship's, you know, command structure. Um, but at the end of the day, it just leaves me feeling a little cold. You know, it's it, to a degree, this is kind of an excellent filler episode in a way. Sure. Like, yeah, it doesn't really. In a way, this—I mean, this is a this is similar to day to day in that it's you know not a big plot in and of itself, but it's just kind of a day in the life of you know. Incidentally, do you think the name of that episode is Day to Day? Yeah. No, it's Data's Day. It's Data Day. No, it's Data's Day. I thought it was. I didn't think it was possessive. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, that always made more sense. Like I thought it was Data. Day and it's like because it's the day to day activities of day anyway. No, oh my god, my whole fucking life is a lie. Um, you know, but into to a degree, this is what more than what we see on the Enterprise. This is what daily life is on the Enterprise because obviously, yeah, there are more grunts. You know, there are more ensigns than sure. there are officers, and you know, if this episode does nothing, you know, this episode doesn't do much more than. Show us a cross section of you know four different four different people who are in different you know branches of this, but are still you know v- you know noobs on the station uh, on the ship, and you know what their life is like, the kind of challenges that you know you have at the beginning. You know what it, you know. I like that the episode makes the point that this uh, what they're dealing with is anything that Riker or Troy or you know Picard would barely blink at. You know, yeah, but. For people who are new at this, this is a huge challenge, and this is kind of one of their. Uh, you think about Riker, in, you know, when he had that mutiny with his old captain, you know, with John Locke, and you know how he said, you know, I was fresh faced and out of the academy, and then I had my first real challenge. You know, this is them dealing with some of their first real challenges. So I like that at end of it. Again, if this episode does nothing more than just give us a more complete picture of what life is on the enterprise it did a good job of that so i guess it's a classic for that reason it's a very world building episode more than anything no i would agree with that and i think that you know i i i appreciate the episode i think it's very entertaining i just you know i'm not as much of a fan of this type of episode i Um, guess as other people are and it's not to say that it's a bad episode it's certainly not and i do enjoy it I mean, I, I'm just not. I'm just not sure that it rises to the level of like some sort of unmitigated classic. See, that's interesting. Again, this is my first time seeing it. I tend to disagree with you, just because um, I find it it's telling a very different type of story than this kind of show normally could. Again, this is the kind of story that you could really only tell in a very last in a later season. This yeah. isn't something you could do in the first season. Just sure, you know, sure. Um, it gives a different view of the main characters that we've seen. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you know the reasons that this is considered a classic already, and you can probably pick them out yourself. But um, Well, sure, yeah, but I don't want to discount that, and I think that, you know, if anything else, we are here to provide context and commentary for yeah. people that are watching the show again, or for the first time, yeah, yeah. hopefully. But, I but think, again, I'm, I'm now more interested in why this is leaving you flat. Well, I guess, you know... There's a degree to which, you know, I'm I'm trying to be very uh, uh, careful not to talk about the fact that I personally don't think it's that interesting. You know, I guess for me... Personally, it's important, though, I would say. But anyway, continue. It's important personally? I, I mean, the fact that you don't personally like this episode is important for the kind of podcast we do, because this is... That is true, tape, yeah. You know? I, I think that, you know, for, for me, I think... You know, I'm sur- I'm not as interested in watching characters that we're never going to see again. I'm not necessarily interested in seeing how Picard appears to Ensigns. I'm not necessarily interested in seeing Riker be a little bit of a dick to people. Uh, I'm not necessarily interested in watching the wacky adventures of Sam, the, the, the waiter. You know, I, I just... 
okay. There's there's certain parts of it which are kind of like, yeah, I get what they're trying to do. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with them introducing new characters for the purpose of this episode. But at the same time, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more care put into this. And especially with, what's his name, Sam or Ben or something, the waiter guy. Uh, You know, I feel like they probably could have, you know, sprinkled him in a few times before they make him the the sort of linchpin for the entire episode. Yeah, of course. If we had seen him even in the background or he served a drink to someone in a scene or two. Yeah, but... You know, number one, that also would have required a lot more planning than, you know, television did then, you know. But I think, but, there's, a, but I think there's a degree to which you're right, and I think there's a degree to which that's a little that's bit a of a cop-out. Yeah, you know, I agree. Because the show has done that sort of planning They before. knew a couple months before. You know, there have been scenes in 10 forward that right. we had. You know, right. They could have written a two-minute scene, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's said, you know. Um, but I do, I do like that the episode shows us you know each of the each of the ensigns has their person in in the main cast yeah that is their person you know uh uh the the woman from the first duty has war and i like that it's a sequel to that episode in some ways you know yeah Tar- the- Tarek has jordy uh lafette lavelle i think his name is sure has has Riker and uh, uh, the other person ogawa ogawa has has crusher you know and i think it's it's good that we you know, I, I you say that you know they're introducing characters. See, I I I don't really see the yes, they're characters and all of that, but I think they're more archetypes than characters in this episode. Like you know, we we you are very much supposed to view these as you know concepts more than people. In other words, you know, the Vulcan is less a character than he is. You know, people who are. You know, he represents the end scenes that are very technically knowledge and may know more, but don't really necessarily know the hierarchy of things. You know, the Bajoran is somebody who is very, enthu- you know, enthusiastic and very ambitious and very talented, but who has made some mistakes and has a reputation. She's, you know, all of these are people are all of these are things that there are dozens of people who I don't disagree with that, but I don't really think that that's all that interesting. And I don't think that that's what the show is good at. You know, I mean, the, 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 the show is very good at giving us well-defined characters and examining what makes them tick. And I guess I just don't have a good idea of who these people are, what makes them tick other than their ensigns and they want to get ahead. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. You know, I think that, yeah, the, the purpose of the episode is to flip flip the script and to show us what the what what's going on in an average episode looks like to people that have no idea what's going on. And I think in that sense, it's very well done. It makes a lot of sense. It's very entertaining. But in terms of what this tells us about the characters, I don't think it tells us much. And I kind of feel like that's a missed opportunity. You know, I feel like they could have done a bit more with making these characters have some sort of point other than being archetypes. Um, Especially considering the fact that we've seen Nurse Agawa before. You know, especially considering the fact that we've seen the woman from the first duty before. You know, these are kind of issues with the script, I think, more than anything else. Okay. I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I think it's it's interesting. We are coming on this this point of... Do we want to see what people other than the main cast are doing? I mean, this is almost a doesn't this this feels in a way like a backdoor pilot? Well, you know, it's interesting Not, you say that because there was some there were a lot of there were theories floating around that these were characters that they that were going to be on Star Trek Voyager and they okay. were sort of like introducing them, which was not true. No, but. Yeah, I, it it does kind of you know feel it, like not that quite, but it but it, it it you know and I mean there are certainly see, there there are more scenes with the main cast than probably would have been in a pilot in a backdoor pilot, but it is that kind of feel like we can if they if you know this is the kind of thing where it feels like they were almost planning to spin off into a Star Trek series that's just you know the lives and loves of a bunch of people who are not officers, you know, and dealing with the everyday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but again, I still like that because I think it makes the world of the enterprise seem, I don't know, a lot richer. We've gotten glimpses of what the, the average everyday stuff on the enterprise is like, but we haven't really, you know, paid that much attention to in a way. This episode is a kind of, I, I, I mean, I realize these are not people who actually exist, but this is a tribute to the grunts, you know, and I do like that kind of a thing. I do feel very, 
you know, an affinity for that sort of episode generally in things. And, you know, I, I think it is important thematically to the series because a lot of what Star Trek is, has been is about giving, di- giving dignity to just random people who don't necessarily have it. Sure. And, you know, this is a, this is the typical episode where, you know, in any other episode, you know, the Bjorn girl would have been a red shirt. And, you know, this is basically saying, well, this is who they are. Every person who's just been randomly killed on the em- Enterprise, you know, had dreams and friends and relationships with the senior staff and all this. And while that's obvious stuff to know, it means a lot that this show acknowledges that in a way. I mean, this is this is a show where Star Trek is saying that, you know, every single person on the Enterprise is important, not just the senior staff. And it's, again, it's imp- it's that's a significant stance for the show to take. I, I can see where you're going with that, and I, I don't disagree with you. I think that, you know, the episode, I think, is hard to talk about because it really does have two parts. I mean, the, the you know, the first half an hour or so is is almost kind of like in tone, kind of like a sitcom. You know? Yeah, it's day in the life no, stuff. Nothing, it's day in the life stuff. Nothing really has a lot of of impact. Nothing really has a lot of import. It's all people grumbling about their careers and sort of things yeah. like that, right? And we sort of get hints that things are going on in the background that perhaps we don't know about. I mean, for example, um, Tarek is is sort of like shooting up. Yeah, the, the they all see parts and, of something. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of you know, and I do like the fact that the episode does you know double down on it and really put the audience in the shoes of the junior crew yeah. members because we don't know what's going on either. You know, and I think that it would have been a trap, a very easy trap for the episode to fall and to sort of skirt the line and show us both sides. And it really does. Yeah. We really don't know what's going on until the very end when they fill in uh, the woman from the, la- the, the, the final duty, yeah. or the last duty. I kind of wish that I knew her name, but it's I don't know her name. <laughs> um, uh, blonde, yeah. blonde lady. Um, and blonde so, nose lady, because she yeah. has the Bajoran nose. Yeah. Um, and so I, li- yeah, I like it's, that. It's, it's, it's cool seeing how... Because from this, I'm ex- I extrapolated into several other episodes where, you know, well, what would the guard who's guarding the room, you know, where the ambassador yeah. is see? You know, that he'd hear a few, you know, sentences here and there. He'd see, you know, the captain going in. He'd see, you know, some, you know, someone would see, oh, a mysterious, you know, thing. But no one would know the full story. And in a lot of cases, you know, they would not know the full story, you know, even after everything is done. So, I mean, that, that's... It gives a very different atmosphere to the ship than we've felt it because, you know, yeah. we, the view, the perspective we've always had on the ship is that they'll explain everything to us by the end. You know, we're going to see, you know, and we spend enough time with the captain that we will pick up on everything that goes on. But again, the daily routine about the Enterprise must feel mystery and danger and, you know, it must be a very anxious environment. I don't know if it's anxious necessarily. I mean, I, well, I, don't... I mean, there, 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 there's a sense a lot of you, you get the sense that a lot of times people know something's happening. People have to be on their game, but they don't know exactly what, and they don't exactly know what or how to prepare for it. I mean, sure, but I think that the times that the Enterprise is on these sort of covert missions is not, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't happen that often. I mean, a lot of times they're just you know, cataloging gaseous anomalies. Yeah, but I wouldn't even Um, want to be on one covert mission, you know, necessarily. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I I think that the implication, of course, always is that Starfleet is Starfleet and people are sort of, uh, you know, these are the best of the best, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I guess it's, especially towards the end, I think, when the episode shifts. I mean, I do want to talk about the poker stuff, but I think that... that's Yeah, that is kind of the centerpiece of the episode and then it turns from there. Yeah, and so I think that you know the poker scenes are interesting because it does really set up the idea that these are the, this, the these people are the future of of the, of the Starfleet or the you know these people are what you know Riker and Jordy and Troy you yeah know, were twenty act, years were from now like 20, be, yeah 20, you know twenty years ago um, but you know and kind of like the the waiter going back and forth and and yeah. sort of playing both sides of the fence and really I think that character is interesting because he obviously serves a real purpose in the episode which is to show yeah ha- you know the the he, he, they, you know, the, the 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 lower the lower crew members have a relationship with our characters 
that are very different from what someone who has no hierarchy has. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, they, they that's the when they first meet him. You know, he knows he knows Riker for his you know by a, on a first name basis. Like they'll talk, they'll chat about their families. You know, from time to time. You know, but you know, obviously, yes, he's more friends with the junior officers. He's closer in age to them. Uh, in general, is he though? I don't. I mean, know. you know, I, I don't really get the sense I, that he's closer. Well, to Well, you get the sense one. they're in their twenties. You know, everybody else is in their forties and fifties, and maybe he's in his thirties. But know? also, so. frankly, I think too. Like, I think it's more. It's more possible, especially if this character has been on the ship for a long time and we've never seen yeah. him before, that he would be closer to the senior officers because they haven't gone anywhere. Whereas I think that there's a, there's an implication or at least an understanding that, you know, ensigns probably maybe don't stay on the ship as long. At the same time, also, you know, the ensigns are probably the one who are in 10 forward more often, you know. Generally, the sense I've gotten is that... You know, that's where the, you know, the lower off, just because they have more time, you know, Picard is not going to have the time to relax and tend forward all the time. So, no, but you know, I maybe think Riker he just... certainly does. Oh, yeah. I think Troy goes there a lot. Jordy and Worf go there. I mean, you know, it's, you know, for whatever reason, either way, you know, he's the bartender will sit with the junior officers more often. But that doesn't change the fact that he does know Riker very well. You know, right. Again, he can invite himself into the senior poker game and be welcomed. Right. You know, that that's right. that more than anything, you know, shows a you know, it's interesting when you're outside of the hierarchy, how you do have more freedom in some ways, you know. Well, I think that's true, and I also think that that makes me think of something which, you know, this episode really doubles down a lot on the idea of Starfleet as military, of course, yes. because, you know, there's secrecy involved. You know, what what Picard appears like to the blonde Bajoran is very different from what we've seen him before. Yeah. I mean, you know, the dressing down the you know you're with me ensign kind of just follow him yeah they don't really say anything you know there's a lot of that sort of like stuff that we don't really see picard do very often yeah. but i guess it's kind of like what he would look like to someone who doesn't really understand what's going on and frankly someone who can't question him yeah I was you, know, say, because... you know he he even when he's ordering troy or crusher or Jordy or whatever like he there's also a you know, he'll explain them to me because while they aren't quite peers, they're closer, you know, and right. their job is to get, know everything and, you know, give them all the advice. It's not hurt. It's not the Bajoran's job to know anything at this point. No. And I also think, you know, I, I, it, it's interesting to me because Picard has always been portrayed as a captain who very much wants to hear uh, all, all all the ideas yeah. from from his senior staff. But at the same time, I think that this episode is making it clear that while he wants to hear everything from his senior officers, he doesn't really want to hear anything from the lower officers. Well, they haven't uh, earned, you know. But they haven't, maybe they haven't earned that right. Well, that that's a, you know, that's one of the interesting things about the episode. And I think it, I think it particularly hits the Vulcans and uh, Lavelle's plots um, is that it, it, it doesn't really matter how competent you are. You are also inexperienced, and there is a degree to which you need to follow the captain's orders because, you know, right now you don't necess- you don't have all the full information. You don't have all the full skills. You right. might not make the right call. Right. And, you know, in a crisis situation, you know, you, you know, I, which is the general rationale for orders in the military as it is. Well, but, sure, um, yeah. You know— when you know the Vulcan is questioning Jordy about all of these things, oh, you know, I can make the engines better, you know, in a very in a way which kind of makes Jordy look a little, you know, stupid, and is also you know not the right time, you know, when they're doing this when he's shooting the ship, you know, it's none of the Vulcan's business, you know, why 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 this is doing that, but you know, and he's questioning too much, you know, and. Lavelle as well, you know, is very eager, you know, wants all this to happen now, and they almost don't. The senior staff is seeing them as a bunch of people who aren't paying their dues and are wanting to overstep their bounds or be be in an area where they're not quite skilled enough to be yet. I don't know if it's necessarily they're overstepping their bounds. I mean, I think that there is a degree to which... Uh, they're just eager. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, and I, and I, and I, and I think, and I don't that, think you know, that I don't think that Jordy especially is looking down on 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 uh, the Vulcan for no, but you know, and especially after they have the conversation, you know, at the poker game, you know, right? I think everybody does, you know, and Troy does help everybody realize, like, yeah, you know, we are not looking at things from their perspective as much as we 
could. You know, again, Riker sees this annoying little gnat, you know, hitting him. And then, you know, he realizes I was probably that. I was that guy, you yeah, know. Yeah. When I was out of the academy, that's who I was. And let me go a little easier on him. But you know, guess, you know Jordy does say, you know, when Jordy has more time, he does go and say, all right, now's a good time. Like, But again, to some degree, I think that especially the stuff with Riker bothers me because I just don't. I don't know that I buy that Riker would act like that. Do you know what I mean? Like he's very gregarious. He's very nice, you know, and certainly he can be a hard ass when he needs yeah. to be, but he's so dismissive and he's so sort of turned off when Lavelle tries to talk to him that it, it, it just, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't, think, the thing is, I don't think, I think the episode doesn't think that Lavelle is quite ready that because I'm thinking about the scene when he's talking to, you know, Nersagawa and and the Vulcan and you know we're saying oh what's going on and you see both of them like re- you know thinking about the the part that they know you know Ogawa knows there's a Cadassian you know right. the Vulcan knows that you know they're damaging the ship for some reason and probably speculate on that you know right. if the three of them were to have the conversation they would figure it out and probably figure out exactly what's going on sure but you know. As Nurse Ogawa says, you know, look, we can't tell you, you know, we were under orders, you know, secrecy. And he seems put out by that. You know, he seems upset about that. He's still viewing them as, you know, we're in the academy and we're all buddies and it's us and it's them, you know, and it's it's us and we're the junior officers. You know, we got to stick together, you know, and, you know, against those pesky senior staff who aren't telling us things. And I mean, that almost seems his attitude. The episode i think thinks he needs to grow up a little bit and needs to oh no i would definitely agree with that i i you know and i would even go so far as to say i don't think the episode thinks that he's as competent as he thinks he is that's definitely the case you know while Riker does come to the understanding that you know yeah maybe he's he's just a puppy you know and he needs you know i mean i don't think it's an accident that he is like sort of um, generically handsome. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he was very carefully cast for that reason. I mean, I'm almost... I, I think maybe to a degree Riker sees, you know, a handsome young guy, you know, just like me, and you know, why the hell is he doing this he, this by himself? And that kind of... He maybe gets a little more annoyed at him not being able to pick himself up by the bootstraps. And I think... Troy helps him realize, you know, this kid needs a mentor. You yeah, know, yeah. you're probably going to be because all of them do. Well, and I guess all of them do have their mentors. You know, the Vulcan has Jordy, who, yeah, even though he's not really, you know, Jordy can be a little annoyed when he gets stressed. When when he has time later on, you know, he is going to work with him, and you know, this guy is going to go far, and he and Jordy are going to help each other. Well, that's Crush. why that's why I think that that you know it works with Jordy because Jordy is the only, really I think. Riker seems kind of a little strange in this episode. I think Picard seems a little strange in this episode. But but Jordy, I think, works because we've seen Jordy be dismissive before. And you know, whatever you think of Jordy, Jordy is kind of an asshole. He doesn't like being. You know, you know the the episode a couple of weeks ago with the. Uh uh, uh, um, scientists in the warp field are destroying the galaxy, you know. Oh, the force of nature, yeah. He gets very upset that she's, you know, finds something that he yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't think of. He's, you know, Jordy gets a little uncomfortable. I mean, Jordy is, has a lot of insecurities. And while, yeah. you know, while he is legitimately excellent in his, at his job, he knows how to do his job. I, I think he came to his confidence very it very in a it took him a while to get into his confidence sure. and he you know he has to realize that someone who knows something more than him is not undermining him i think that's his instinct is to feel undermined yeah but you know once he gets some time away talks to his friends about it and gets that perspective you know he's fine with it and yeah let me train this kid you know we can teach each other you know there's the you know just because he knows a couple things more than me doesn't mean that you know i'm useless to him you know in that way yeah um but then i I guess no go ahead well i was gonna say i i I want to talk about crusher on agawa because that's actually where i was gonna go i think they have the most functional mentor uh mentee relationship on the show in general and Part of that is because we've seen that developing over the past few years. You know, the two of them have always, you know, we don't see too many scenes with them, you know, going personally to each other, but it's very clear that they do have a very close relationship. And, you know, 
they Crusher does really rely on her, and you know she does think the world of her. You well, know? I think like for example, you know, going back to suspicions, for example, where yeah. we see Ogawa go to bat for Crusher in a very oh, yeah. direct way. I think that that helps this episode a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's and you know to to your point, you know, if we had seen, you know. Yeah, if there had been a bunch, if O'Brien were still on the show, you know, he would be a, you know, maybe maybe not at the point he is, he wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for this episode. But a character like that, right? Who we've seen before, if we had the barber as one of the characters, well, they had show, actually you know? talked about having Barkley be one of the characters, but they kind of, I think the re- the the reason why they didn't use him is because he kind of already was involved in higher level stuff. So they kind of decided that's, not. I was going to say really that's work. it. He's been there long enough. And he's... and then, of course, it kind of would have become a Barkley episode. So I think that's not great. And frankly, where Barkley's been, we've seen him going from someone who's really socially awkward and not very good at things to someone who's getting better and frankly is on that path. You yeah. know, these are, you know, and for whatever Barkley is, he's not, you know, he's not fresh out of the academy. He's been... Right. Out for years, right. you know. These are people who it's their first tour of duty, really. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, he's at least a lieutenant. So yeah, yeah, which although to be fair, Ogawa is not her first tour of duty, but you know, anyway. But uh, she's still an ensign. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know? Um, but I really like the way that Ogawa and Crusher are because I mean, it's a very you know, it's 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 nice to see a work relationship between two women that's not competitive or any way. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see a mentor relationship that's – it's not motherly in any way. Like Crusher is – you know, Crusher is more experienced both in, you know, medicine in terms of being a doctor versus nurse in terms of just years spent, you know, doing things. And, you know, she certainly knows more than Nurse Ogawa, but she's not – she's not being her mother. She's being a professional mentor to yeah, her. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I like that. I like that they both have a deep respect and admiration for each other. You know, I think they're – again, it's nice that they have a – like I said, they have the most functional kind of pairing on this. There is no, you know, friction between the two. To be fair, the Bajoran and the Bajoran and Worf also have a very good relationship too, you know. and But I think that, you know, it's funny because I don't think that Worf is necessarily interested in her personally. I think that he – he sees potential in well, her professionally, it. and I think that that's why he's pushing her. Well, a that, lot. that's it. He sees somebody who, you know, he 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 recognizes she's really talented. She needs, you know, to a degree, everyone kind of needs someone to notice them in order to get to their next stage. And you know, Ogawa's always had uh, Doctor Crusher to notice her and you know to help her on her career. Um, the, the Vulcan, through sheer knowledge, is going to be noticed. Uh, Lavelle desperately wants to be noticed, and frankly, you know, Riker, Riker I think, is think he thinks he's trying way too hard. You know, I think, yeah. I think that's a lot of his. You know, he's basically screaming, "Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Look!" And it's annoying, Riker. But I, but, but of course, I think the implication there is that that Riker is. Riker doesn't like him because Riker kind of was like that when yeah. he was fresh out of the academy. He thinks of himself as, you know, maybe he even does think of himself as, and frankly, after we've seen what his fresh facedness led to, which was stopping a mutiny for an asshole, like, yeah. he could be frankly kind of annoyed at somebody who is too eager to please. I mean, true, you know, Riker... He knows where that ends up. Riker grew up by realizing that he blindly following, the you know, the guy with the highest rank was not the right thing to do, and there are times yeah. he needs to be defiant, and frankly, he wants Lavelle to push back a little more. He wants to, you know, he, Riker's not comfortable with being hero-worshipped, you know, even right. though he likes being the coolest guy in the room. Right, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think um, so. You know, and, you know, either way, and the Bajoran, you know, one of her part of her plot line is getting Picard to notice her, which, he, which as it turns out, he has this entire time, you know, uh... But well, that's a very Picard thing, of course. Yes. Right? Is that he's got this whole—he's two steps ahead of everybody else. It, she doesn't really understand what's happening, but you know, of course, he requested her and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense, you know. Uh, but and I like that because it gives—I don't know—it. It, it, you say Picard is different in this episode, and he is, but in a way, he isn't. I mean, I, I think of Picard as somebody in a way who's always acting. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, we, we never we never really see him you know, we usually see him around people who 
he can drop his guard down a little bit. If he does, if he isn't telling everybody everything to everybody, he's at least more himself around his senior his senior officers, you know, because he sees them socially outside. You know, he doesn't need to pretend around him. But but at it, the same time, you know, Picard doesn't socialize with them a lot. No, you know, like he's never at the poker games. Exactly. You know, he's not really ever going to Worf's. Klingon calisthenics classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't hang out and tend forward with them. I mean, you know, he is kind of setting himself apart yeah. even to that degree. So he yeah, he he keeps the core of who he is. Maybe he'll show you know, Crusher knows that. You know, right. Troy at a lot of times knows that. Riker knows a lot of that, you know, and But it's more it's more that he does that one on one, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, Riker you know, Picard is always kind of performing when he's in public. Yeah. And so yeah. We see him performing for most of this episode. He fought, you know, when when she, you know, does stand up and says, look, you know, I've done what I can, you know, this is all I can do, you know, and I think I, you know, have earned this, you know, transfer me if you don't want me on there, you know, give me a chance, but, you know, I'm trying to work past, you know. Yeah, And yeah. he finally, you know, when he really, you know, she's earned a bit of seeing who he really is at that point, and that's, you know... When he does say, like, look, this is why you're on this ship, you know, this is what I want you to have to do, like... Well, and also, frankly, I mean, she's volunteering for death, essentially, well, that, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, that's it, that, that's it, he, he... And frankly, I don't think she would have volunteered for death if Picard hadn't necessarily shown her that side of him, you know? It, if she's still trying to prove and he's putting on her suicide mission, well, you know, she might necessarily want, not want to do that, but finally, like, He's saying, like, look, no, you are as talented as everybody says you are. Like, I believe in you. You know, you can do this. You know, I, I and she does. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, again, I think at the end of the day, I don't disagree with any of that. And I think that, you know, it, it's all done very well. It's just, again, I, I don't, you know, I just don't know if I find it to be. I don't think there's an, an execution of, it's not, in, in other words, you find you're not so into the concept, so it doesn't really matter the execution, although you will agree that this execution is probably am- among the better executions sure, that sure. it could have been. You know, in other words, there isn't a phantom better version of this episode no, out there that you no, would, I don't, you know. No, I don't think so, no. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, conceptually, I really liked this. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll give it five. It's a nine. All right. I give this nine ensigns. Wouldn't that be a, like, vice nine admiral? Cent- Let's talk about that own self. Well, I'm doing all right. You know, I got up. I had some coffee. I, uh, oh, you mean the episode. Yeah. Uh, I liked this one. No, this is a good one. I liked this one. Um, this was a, this was a very difficult episode to watch at points. Um, just in the everybody is getting radiation poisoning and dying kind of way and it's data's fault and he doesn't even realize you know like like it's one of those they're handling this and they're we're making stuff out of the metal it's like oh god what are you doing like that that that's that's which you know effectively creepy to watch well yeah of course and the episode telegraphs that right from the beginning you know very obviously he's standing there and there's that great camera shot where you you see the the radioactive uh, case kind of at the bottom of the screen, you know, kind of like, Hey, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. Yeah. And you can, it's one of those episodes where you, you, you can see what's going to happen, Yeah. but the execution is so good that it doesn't matter because of course you kind of need to know where the episode well, is going to go for I, it I to mean, work. This is an episode that wasn't based on a twist or a secret or, you know, not at all, a no. mystery, really. I mean, you know, maybe some minor bit at the beginning with, well, what happened to Data, but... But they very, You know, they the, very the explanation quickly, that at the end, oh, he got hit by lightning, you know, or a power surge or whatever. Well, they very... It's kind of what you figure, yeah. They very quickly discount the possibility that that's going to be what the episode is about. Right. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no implication that the episode is going to be about data trying to figure out why he doesn't have his memory. The episode sets itself up as something very different from that very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it. You know, I think it works really well. I think that, you know, the, the problem with this kind of episode is always how do you find a new twist on this kind of idea? And, of course, at the end of the day, what you get is Data, who essentially is a new person, but still is Data because he yeah. still has that essential Data-ness, I guess, <laughs> and is able to figure out what is going on and able to to, to, to sort of um, 
to to fix it you know i mean you know you know i mean we you know we have to be sort of uh uh, uh clear about this i mean this is kind of a twist on the frankenstein story. yeah i was gonna say i like and, that they didn't go like super obvious about it you know you just have a bunch of villagers with pitchforks and torches you know who killed a monster you know and that's about it but you know yeah there's definitely some resonance and he's friends with a little girl well yeah which you know yeah. That's also Frankenstein. I, um, but I didn't, you know, pick up on that as an obvious, like, you know, trope. You know, it's not like they had her by the river with flowers or anything. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, I mean, this is probably one of Data's last great episodes, I think, in a sense. Yeah. And it doesn't really give us any new information about Data, but I think that it it does... I don't know. We've been talking a lot about how data is problematic because data goes crazy a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, and in this episode, I like it because they don't go down the obvious road of data becoming crazy. They go down the road of, you know, even though data doesn't have his memory, he's still data and he still yeah. has that sense of purpose. He still has that sense of ethics and he's going to do what he can to help these people. Yeah. You, you know, know, he did, he did something horrible just completely by accident, you know, right. due to just, Misinf- missing or incomplete information but you know once he realizes that it's and i mean the same we're saying like you know well, it could be my fault it could be me it could be this i have to fix this you right. know that, that at the end of the day he knows that you know he made a mess and he has to clean it up right right and, and even though i think you know it's it's funny because there's there's a way that you know he is viewed very differently in this episode than i think we've ever seen him before because of course they kind of put him in this box of being an ice man, which is kind of <laughs> funny. And, you know, I, I like, you know, again, I think this is very similar to, uh, you know, when we talked about Homer last week, because again, this is a, a pre-warp species. Yeah. You know, they have a little better technology than those people, of course. I mean, this is more of a kind of a medieval thing, I guess. Or yeah. Kind of like a, I don't know. It's kind of like an age of enlightenment is starting. Yeah, science is a thing, though it's not, you know, completely there, but, you know, there is a definite, uh, you know, even though her science is incorrect, she's not, you know, she's going against magic and superstition, you know, and all of that. And she is finding a rational reason for everything, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, I do want to talk about the character of the oh, scientist yes. or the doctor because I think she's an interesting character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways in which that character could have gone wrong. But I think they kind of allied a lot of those. But, you know, what what I like about it is that Data is in the episode, but he's not really the point of the episode. And this is a data episode that's not really about data in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, some ins- this slightly reminds me of inner light in that it's giving data the, op- we, you know, we, we, we see who Picard is when he, you know, has a, di- is given a different life and a different personality. And who yeah. He becomes, and in a way, in a way that's an opportunity to see Picard unburdened by Starfleet. And, Data unburdened by Starfleet is very different. You know, he doesn't, be, you know, try to become a community leader. He doesn't, you know, try to form, you know, relationship. But he's still very scientific minded and he's still all about learning. And so, you know, so it's interesting the parts of, you know, how much more consistent he is. In a yeah, way. because I think there's a degree to which like data is always viewed very mechanistically. Yeah. I, I even think back to the episode from the third season where they send him to the village to convince the people that they have to leave because oh, the, yeah, Sh- yeah, the yeah. Shellyak are going to come and colonize the planet. And if yeah. they're not gone, they're going to kill them all. And you know, he tries to convince them logically and he tries to to sort of show that they need to go and all of these things. And at the end of the day, the only way that he can really convince them is by essentially destroying Destroy, yeah. their, their aqueduct system and saying, this is what is going to happen to you if you don't leave. And that's always kind of been how data operates is that he goes from very logically from point A to point B to point C to point D. He's not someone who really makes intuitive leaps of logic, but he's someone who's going to chug along and, and, and really examine each possible permutation of this and get to the point. And when he gets to the point, he won't be swayed. Like he's right. He does, you know, when he makes this decision, he doesn't want to hear any input. He's, you know, because he's thought it all out, you know, and, right. and it's just going to waste time. Exactly. And so, you know, I find it interesting that he is explaining himself in this episode to a certain degree, you know, because maybe this is a good way for us to get into talking about the doctor. Well, because I think he's, he's, almost, he's as much explaining to himself, to others as he is explaining it to himself. Like, yeah. you know, I would say it's him almost 
le- you know, Socratically figuring out the world to himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. because he has, he, you know, certainly he has different senses than everybody else does. You know, I think to a degree, maybe he's able to, you know, he's able to see things on a more atomistic level and doesn't really even think about it, you know, and maybe doesn't even realize that other people don't have that till later in the episode. Yeah, and I think, of course, the implication there also is that, you know, he has lost the knowledge of who he is and all his sort of yeah. personal memories, but... He can still reason out. He can still reason out, and he also hasn't lost... You know, he obviously has an understanding of of, of the atomic structure of yeah. matter and these kind of things, so it's not as though he's a complete blank, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but I think that, you know, the Doctor character is interesting because I think that she's she's a very very interesting character but also it kind of is where the episode falls down a little bit See, because like, well well because you know the one thing I, I think that i like this episode a lot and i, I think it's it's got a, ni- a lot of nice flavor and things but but i think that the one problem i have with it is that i'm not really sure what it's about like you know the, it, it doesn't really have a strong through line it's it doesn't true that especially at the end like when they say oh we'll never really know what exactly happened you made friends with somebody, you know? Right. It, it, it's almost, you know, to a it degree, does, this is a bunch of stuff that happens. It's episode. a bunch of stuff that happens, and it kind of does feel like the show just marking time in a way. Which is not to say that that's a bad thing. Well, that's I mean, where, again, you know... It's a Hangout episode to some degree. Well, Lower Decks is a Hangout episode, too. Both, Yeah, both of these are excellent filler, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, we haven't even touched on the Troy stuff, which we will talk about, but... Yeah, it, it's that kind of thing where the reason why we haven't touched on the Troy stuff yet is because it has no connection whatsoever to what's happening with Data. Oh, no, no. And it's basically there to just, I don't know, take up time, I guess. It's a nice thing for Troy to do. It's a, I like, you know, again, it's, a, I was not bored during the Troy segments. I think it, they were cool. I think it was a very. Well, I want to. Well, 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 like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to talk about it yet. But I think that, you know, what, what, what my larger point is that, like, you know, in a. Narratively, this episode, the two parts don't really have much yeah, to yeah. do with oh, each yeah. other. Oh yeah, they don't thematically. And they don't thematically right. fit exactly, and I think that you know there's a, there's the show is starting to fall down a little bit in that sense yeah. because I'm not really sure that 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 Ron Moore really knew what exactly the meat of the story was, and so for me that's kind of what the Doctor is because you know she's obviously there as an obstacle, but she's also there as 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 an as an ally for Data. Yeah, well she's you know she starts off and you think that. Maybe even she'll be leading the the inevitable mob against him, you know? He corrects her while she's teaching, and she's upset. You know, he, there's that business with the magnifying glass, and she's upset. But eventually, once he starts to explain things to her, you know, and she realizes, okay, he does know a lot more than me, and what he does know seems to be making sense in a way, well, and she, 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 she comes around to him. I don't well, I agree with you and I disagree with you because I think that the episode I don't know that Data is necessarily explaining things to her. Yeah. I think that he's leading her to it. He's letting her figure things out for her for herself and he's explaining his reasoning process. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. not trying to really convince her of anything. And that's why I like the character because while she definitely has weird ideas about <laughs> how matter is constructed and, and what causes diseases and stuff. I mean, you know, you know she's telling yeah. a man who has a fever to go walk around the block. I mean, that's not necessarily a good know, idea. Yeah, her, but, her, her science is much more poetic and, you know, kind of fancy and old school, but it is at the... But we understand this because that's, you know, human beings I have this sort say, of attitude about things, you know, two, three hundred years ago. It's not uh, that different, yeah, from, you know, like phlogistons or things like that, you right, know. Or and humors or, you know. Exactly. So the, the miasma was causing cholera, you know, all yeah. kinds of weird things. And frankly, you know, because she is scientifically minded when she's able to see them, you know, he says, oh, I can make the mag, you know, but when she actually sees it and, you know, kill, you know. That'll stand in for a for a scene where he explains the properties of well, magnification, and, that's, and to her. that's my point. And, and that's and that's why I like the character, and that's why I think it it it's a step above because you know yes, she doesn't really understand the world, and she doesn't really understand science, but she's very inquisitive, she's yeah. very open minded, and she's the type of person that uh, will when when she can yeah. figure out what exactly data is doing. And while she may not be a great scientist in the sense that she's able to make discoveries on her own, uh, she's smart enough to realize the reality of a situation. It's the kind of thing where, you know, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. She she is probably the best scientific mind of her generation. You know, she knows everything about her current knowledge. You know that there is more knowledge in in the galaxy to understand is just. You know, she's well. I kind of. I mean, well, I, I want to say. I, I want to say she's ignorant in the neutral in a very neutral sense. I don't. I think that there's a reason why she's living in a small town. Well, I mean, that's the only thing that. I mean, there. she's not living in this planet's version of London. Is you there, know? But the, does the planet have a version of London? Is the question probably? Well, you know. Um, either way, uh, you know, once she starts to, you know, get access to stuff that's you know decades ahead of where she, where her society is. She's capable of grasping it, you know. It's not like she can't, you know, connect the dots. It's right. just the dots haven't been – aren't available to her Well, yet. yeah, and I think also, I mean, that, that helps because, of course, Data doesn't have any of the technology that he's used to. And so he's he's having to yeah. reconstruct, uh, uh, you know, basically figuring out what radiation does to yeah. people with the technology that he has available to yeah. him. Um, and that works. That's fine. And I, I think that she she understands that. I mean, the scene where Data is showing the radiation particles, you know, on the light source and all these kind of things, and she and then blocks it with yeah. the, with the case. You know, she's skeptical at first, but I think she understands it. And yeah. especially when Data comes up with uh, uh, the cure, essentially. I mean, I don't exactly know what he did or what he was doing. I don't even really understand what radiation drugs do. Uh, the show has established though that there are radiation drugs. You know, well. We, I mean, we have yeah, them yeah, as yeah, well. I, mean, I don't know what they do, though. I mean, I you know, radiation is one of those things that I know exists, but I think people have a hard time even believing it's real now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean to some well, degree? Well, yeah, because it's like, you know, oh, God, well, what is that metal going to be? Is it going to burn people when they touch it? You know, is it going to be glowing? I mean, like, from what I know, I think metal, you know, radioactive metal just looks like bits right. of metal. I mean, they you say know? it's warm, but I don't even think that's necessarily the case. You know, yeah, we, I mean, we'll put it this way. We can get, you know cancer from the sun you know we don't really notice it other than it's warm and bright you yeah know? exactly yeah but I uh, mean, every time you fly in a plane you're getting radiation what so. yeah i don't like flying well you shouldn't fly you're gonna get radiation I'm gonna get radiation yeah. um i guess one of my main questions about this episode just has to do from a practical decision point of view it's so it comes up with this cure and his plan is, I'm going to just dump this in the water supply, which, yes, if you want to get something to, you know, filter out to people the sure. quickest, most efficient way, dump it in the town well, sure. But obviously, you know, the second he says, I'm going to do this, you know, he's going to be fucking caught, you know, it's going to be bad, they're all yeah. going to fight, you know. There is a degree to which this is sort of paint by numbers. Well, here's the thing. Like, it's going to take a day or two for the, everybody to drink the water in the well as it is. You know, it's not like this is going to be an instant cure. And so why the hell didn't he just wait for the doctor and have her disseminate the cure? Because, you know, she would trust whatever, you know, he said, you know, she would be able to – she could say whatever she wants. You know, oh, I just came up with this. Oh, I was looking in an old book and I found – you know, she – you know. Well, I mean, you know, I understand that. I think the real answer yeah. is that they wanted the Frankenstein. Ending. I know. Like, I, yeah. Like that- and they wanted – they wanted Brent Spiner walking around in a Phantom of the Mask thing. I mean, you know, like... Yeah, you know, the, I mean, again, in terms of dramatic imagery, in terms of, you know, the story, they don't understand, you know, they, they fear what they don't understand, you know, kind of things. Like, all of those are fine. You actually, know? no, I got the the the, the, uh, the the sequence of events there wrong. He he actually was already stalk- skulking around yeah. in the hood. It was... Then they get stabbed and, you know... Yeah, 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 and the lightning and, oh, my God, you know, right. but... <laughs> also, I didn't really get... What, was the was the blacksmith killed when he stabbed Data? Because... I thought... I didn't think he was, like, I thought... Like, he... that was some serious electrocution going on. I thought they showed him, like, oh, you know, but he was still alive. Alive, you know, but just hurt. That guy was a jerk. I didn't like him. Uh, well, you know, something he's a blacksmith. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like it's very perfunctory. <laughs> like, but at the same it's time, just it's like, come on, like, that's like the stupidest decision you could have made. That's you know, the, wait till the little girl is feeling better in the morning, and then she can give out the medicine. Like there, there. But again, there is a degree to which I think that kind of makes sense in terms of how data thinks that's mechanistically, true. because he's not necessarily going to make the. He doesn't understand people really, so he's not going to make the leap that if he just waited for the doctor, he would be able to get the cure disseminated. He thinks he has to do it himself, and the best way to do it is to dump it in the water. Yeah, you know, so. Is that is that kind of a a, a little bit of a a, a, a retcon maybe, you but know, you know it is what it is. It's not like it, you know. I won't deduct any points from the episode for that. Okay. Um. 
Let's talk about Troy, though, because we haven't really talked about her plot line in this episode, and I think it's interesting. Oh, you yeah. Know, we said last week that that this has been kind of, you know, Sub Rosa was a was an example of uh, the show really falling Step down back, on but... the female characters when it's really done a good job in the past couple of seasons with them. And I don't think that this I don't think that this erases the, the horribleness of Sub Rosa, <laughs> but I think it does go kind of ignoring it. And, you know, the episode starts with Crusher being on the bridge and being in control. You know, Troy, it's following up logically from the events of disaster from a couple of years yeah. ago. You know, we've seen Troy start to become more career minded. You know, there's a reason. Why, I mean, of course, you know, Jellicoe told her to put the uniform on chain of command, but she's continuing to wear yeah. it a year later. So obviously that's something that she was maybe looking for an excuse for. Who knows? I don't know. You know, just kind of, you get the sense that this is all stuff that she had avoided or, you know, didn't think was, you know, for her or didn't even consider. And then right. just kind of like, again, she was, she was made in command and she kind of liked it, you know, well, that's she had the- to put the uniform on and maybe she just thought, you know, actually I look really good in this. Like, this is actually a, like, yeah. you know, sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there is a degree to which, uh, that is a little bit of a facile, you know, because of course, oh, people, people like being in power. Well, yeah, oh, duh. But- I mean, you know, of course they do, but I like that the show is allowing women to, to, to want to be in positions of power and to uh, to actually do something about it and not make it sort of this like generalized you know black widow like sort of sexist thing. Well, you know, and uh, I also like that they, you know, because I think it's really interesting. Crusher's, you know, when she asked Crusher at the beginning, you know, why you decided to go in because yeah, she doesn't need you know she doesn't need the rank you know she's. And frankly, chief medical officer of the Enterprise, like that's that's a massive career thing, you know, too. But, you know, she's like, yeah, I just wanted that kind of extra challenge. And even though Crusher's not, you know, doing the most action packed shifts, you know, she's doing routine overnight stuff for the most part. Like essentially she's like the security guard. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, something like it's more than she, you know, had before and, you know, She'll do this for a few years and then maybe she'll decide to do something else, you know, you know, she, she you know, she doesn't have to decide that right now. You right. Know, she can move, you know. And I mean, you frankly, know? I mean, you know, I mean, of course, you know, we know that Starfleet has medical ships, for example. Exactly. I mean, it's very, I mean, it's very possible that at some point, you know, Crusher may want to be captain of a medical ship. I mean, yeah. that's a possibility. You, know, you got the sense that it was just, hey, I'm going to do this because I can and, you know, it'll give me, you know, essentially she went to grad school. You know, that that's basically what they're, you know, this episode is about deciding to do, you know. And, and you know, yeah. And, but I think that, you know, uh, again, what what's not what's interesting about the plot is not watching Troy, you know, go through the motions of getting the 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 bridge test done but it's really about her stick to itness and i also think the relationship between riker and troy yeah i mean they very nice they have to have a very i mean i mean he makes it clear that while they're doing the test like they have to have a different kind of relationship in a way and you know it's which they which they well, frame because early on, of course, Riker yeah. calls her Mzadi, and then the whole thing shifts because she wants to be the bri- on the bridge, and he goes, "Okay, well, yeah, but you're going to get a different well, me now." You know what's interesting though, though, is because so the test she has this because I mean I did find the test itself to be interesting, and in, you know, in terms of you know if it didn't really make anything significant, it was cool to watch. Um, so this test appears to be you know. It's an engineering test, you know, that's what it is on the surface. Right. And she even questions, like, if this is a Kobayashi Maru kind of situation, you know, where – but the crux of the test is that she eventually has to order somebody who she's friends with, she cares about, she loves to his death, you know, for for the ship. Yeah. And in a way, she has to – Well, holographic, Jordan. But, you know, still, like, you know, it's it's – it's it's something that she might have to do, you know, in general. And if not Jordy, you know, there will be, you know, we we've seen all everybody, you know, for the most part, people who are in command might have to make that decision. Sure, and it's horrible. Sure, you know? sure. But well, we saw that uh, in Lower Decks, essentially. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, Picard wasn't ordering her to her death, but she Hell, volunteered. But Picard's still. girlfriend in that, you know, one yeah, episode, in, you know, the, in it, lessons, it, yeah. it, it, in a way. This she has to pass this test by 
being able to make a separation between, you know, the personal views, you know, towards people and the ship. So in a way, the fact that Riker has to be a hard ass to her and, you know, can't give her any hints, you know, that's that's the exact principle that she tr- has to learn from this. Right. And of course, that would be something that she has trouble with. I, yeah, I was going to say she, you know, because she, she is the ship psychologist. She takes, you know, she seems to entirely take it personally that he's cancels that, you know, that he right. cancels the test or that she's failing. Like she's she's upset with him. She's upset with him for not helping her. She's upset with him for, you know, not giving her an extra chance. And, you know, she, ha- you know. The hardest lesson of command, you know, turns out not to be memorizing where all the ducks are. I mean, that that's something she's learning, you know, if it's not her area of expertise. I think the show, you know, the episode makes it clear that, you know, she, she studies a little more and she'll figure it out, you know. And frankly, that's not the most important part of command. I mean, exactly. I, I don't think that Picard knows all this stuff. You no. Know? But I mean, I'm sure he knows. It's some the of kind it, of thing that's like a book requirement. But uh, that, there's a reason why he's always asking for opinions. And there's a reason why yeah. he's always asking for options. You know, I think that that that's not really what is the point of the test, obviously. Yeah. You need to learn enough engineering to know, you know. If your engineer gives you two decisions, which the better one is or, you know, whatever. But, you know, for the most part, there's a chief engineer for a reason. But, yeah. Right. The, the, the thing that you can't. Like the, ch- the chances that the captain of the ship would even be in engineering in that situation are not. Yeah. Not the, the, great. The, the, the thing is you have to. Um, I, I'm remembering of in there's one point where Yahura was fixing a thing and she said, you know, I haven't gone in here since the Academy. You know, right. I kind of know this, you know, it was on the test, but, um, I mean, we, we, there's plenty of shit we learned in college that we don't remember, but it had to do for just the paper. But, um, I had to memorize like all the capitals of African countries. I don't remember what they are. Now. I never bothered learning about what Africa even was. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I, I studied English. Uh, we, the lesson that can't really be taught is the lesson that you are going to have to send your friends to your deaths and yeah. their death. And yeah. that's, you know, and, but I think the other part of the test is that, you know, ordering him to his death is not the first thing that she picks. She does the test three times, you know, and studies like mad. And I think that's important too, because, you know, Breaker makes a point of saying, you know, you exhausted all your other options first, you know. Right. In a real command situation, she would need to do that much quicker, certainly. Sure, sure. But, you know, the the point is that, you know, a good captain will go through all the options, you know, check off each one mentally, you know, in a few seconds, have to do that very quickly. But if the only thing left to do is to send your chief engineer to his death, that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it also makes me think of uh, cause and effect, of course, because that was an episode where Riker made the right decision and Data did not make the right decision. And so it's kind of like interesting to me that they've put that in the show before where even the senior officers who are bridge yeah. certified or whatever, you know, they can still make the wrong decision. You know, and, and Troy has already been in that situation to some degree and she was able to get through it. Yeah. So I think that the show is always going to be on her side in this. Well, I mean, again, they, the thing about this show is that, you know, morality was easy in the original series. You know, usually it was whatever Kirk said. But, right. You know, it was a general America and freedom and the dignity of the individual. And, you know, we've all got to work together, but, you know, we can't, you know, all of those, you know, nice pie in the sky Star Trek sure. things, you know, whenever you think of what Star Trek is from a moral perspective, you know, sure. a general liberal humanist uh, thing. And, yeah. you know, as long as you're keeping to that, morality is easy. And, Next Generation has been about – even you have a principle so straightforward as the Prime Directive and how many episodes are there that you know talk about how you know any one decision leads to 10 wrong decisions. You know, they, yeah, they, they yeah. are – so yeah, even somebody who – you know, being fully qualified for the bridge helps a lot and you need to have a lot of specialized knowledge and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the calls are going to be difficult and it's more about – you know training people to make a trustworthy call than it is necessarily the right one because the right one is a matter of perspective you are gonna love deep space nine i like it you've never seen it i like it already (laughs) all right um i will give this episode seven radioactive i wanted to have eight and a half okay half-life 
There you go. Uh, well, if you would like to share your thoughts on either of these episodes, you can do so on the post for this episode at trekaboutshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash trekaboutshow. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekaboutshow. And leave us a positive iTunes review, which is always appreciated. Next week, we are talking about masks and Eye of the Beholder. Ooh. Not the Eye of the Beholder, which was an animated series episode. I was going to say, I thought we saw that one already. Which one was that? Uh, that was the one with the, uh, I think it was like the weird people with the elephants Was that the Salem one? No, no. It was I, like, uh, watch the, the zoo. I kind of want to watch the an- some of the animated series again. You can. It's available. Oh my god, it's on Netflix. I should totally watch some more animated series. Yeah, and if you weren't around listening to the show, or you skipped the animated series episodes, because a lot of people skip the animated series. You should not. I did a great impression not. of Scotty getting attacked by bananas at one point. They're very good, so check them out. Bananas, yes, they're a great source of potassium. So we'll talk to you next week when we talk about masks and Eye of the Beholder. Have a banana, listeners. <laughs>